live from Stad Aruba and Utrecht, the Netherlands. This is the Van Willem Schorsnado. Hello, welcome. And uh, listeners, sorry for the maybe not perfect sound quality, because we have to make do with the remote recording. Yeah, for the second time since we're making our show, my laptop broke, so here I am on my phone. And you decided to use your laptop in a swimming pool, which you know you should not do. No one told me that I shouldn't do that. Um, okay. But appa- apparently, my laptop is not waterproof. Sure. Today we are yep. going to discuss the exotic CVE 2021-31876. Cool. Is that, that a spaceship? That sounds exciting, right? It is yeah. apparently a bug. Ooh. Um, I... I this is actually what I'm going to ask you, George. George, CPE, what, what is a CPE number? What are we talking about here? Oh, it stands for Common Vulnerabilities and Exposures. Mm-hmm. It's basically, um, there, there's just a big open database of known bugs, vulner, security vulnerabilities, really, not all bugs. Across and, all types and, of software. Pretty much, yeah. So then it starts with the you know the, the the year and then some number that indicates you know the number the which bug it was in that year. So and pretty one. much anybody can file that can file such a report and say, Hey, I think we found a security vulnerability in this project and then you can decide how long you want to keep it secret because you want to give people time to fix things and then it becomes for everybody to see and refer to. So this was basically bug number three one eight seven six. That's that's the number. Uh, this is a bug in Bitcoin Core, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. So to, so obviously to be clear, not all CV bugs are in Bitcoin Core, but this one is, and that's what we're discussing mm-hmm. today. So sure. Um, this bug was discovered in March of this year by. Antoine mm-hmm. Briard, if I'm pronouncing that No, you have to correctly. ask him. Yeah. And, and uh, it was disclosed about two weeks ago on the Bitcoin Dev development list. So what is this bug? Yeah, so it relates to an episode we talked about earlier, uh, replaced by fee, RBF. And the idea there is, you know, if, if you make a transaction, then... Maybe the fees go up and you want to increase the fee for that transaction because it's not confirmed yet. And you can use replace by fee to indicate that you want to do that. Yeah, so users are sending transactions to the network all the time, anytime they're spending money. And all of these transactions end up in people's mempools, including miners' mempools. And then miners, when they create a new block, they basically include all the transactions that pay the highest fee until the block is full, essentially. Uh, which means that if you're paying a low fee, you might have to wait until the next block. Or if you paid a very low fee, you might have to wait for a very long time. So it could happen that, you know, after you send the transaction, then all of a sudden there's a lot more transactions on the network paying more fees, and you're waiting longer than you plan to wait for your transaction to confirm. And if you include an RBF replaced by fee flag in the transaction, that allows you to increase the fee before it's confirmed, which will make it confirmed That's faster. right. And it should be noted right. that this is not a right. consensus rule. 
So it is not because it's not happening in the blockchain itself. It's happening on the network, and on the network, people can run whatever software they want. So this isn't a guarantee, but it's basically a convention to make it easier to uh, replace your transaction while also having right. some security that people can't if they don't want to. Uh, but we had a whole episode dedicated to that. But one of the important aspects of this scheme is what happens if you have two transactions that build on top of each other. Um, what if one of them signals that it can be replaced, but then the child of that transaction says it cannot be replaced? And this is where the bug comes in. Yeah, so, so you're, sending, you're sending funds to me, and then I'm sending funds, the same funds essentially to Ruben, before the transaction is confirmed. Yeah, and because... Uh, and that, that's that my, my transaction to Ruben is what's considered a child transaction, and your transaction to me, the first one, is the parent transaction, right? Yeah, and that means that if I, if I put a flag in my transaction to you that says this can be replaced, then by definition, your transaction can also be replaced, even if you don't indicate it. So now we know what the parent transaction is and what the child transaction is. So let's get to what the actual bug is in this context. Right. So the, the official rule, as it's indicated in the BIP, the Bitcoin Improvement Protocol, is that if if the parent transaction signals RBF, then the child transaction should also be RBF. Right. So in other words, if, if I indicated that I can replace the transaction, then that means you can also uh, change the transaction. And the bug... And that's what comes in is that for Bitcoin Core, that's not the case. Sorry, so I can oh. increase the fee of my transaction to Ruben if you if your transaction to me was an RBF transaction, even if my transaction wasn't necessarily an RBF transaction. I can still increase the fee, right? Yes, that's, exactly. That's, Except you can't. Yeah, that's the official rule. Yeah. And now the bug is that that's, it turns out that that's not actually what's in the Bitcoin Core code, correct? Yeah, exactly. The Bitcoin Core code is not checking that. Rule. Right, so this is a bug uh, specifically for the Bitcoin Core client, essentially. Is that the right way to put it? Yes. Right, so first of all, is this a problem? What kind of, what, what are we looking at here? Is this something that we need to be concerned about just on, on face, at face value? It, so it, at, at first sight, you might think it's not really a problem because uh, if you wanted to be able to use RBF... You know, in your transaction to Ruben, you could have just signaled right. RBF. So it, it only becomes a problem in more complicated scenarios, uh, especially if you have multi-party systems like Lightning and uh, you know, other second layer kind of ideas where there's two parties involved that can spend a certain transaction. So, you know, so for example, yeah, if there's two parties involved that can spend the same output, then those two parties... You know, they might be able to replace each other's transactions, and then this thing can get messy. Yeah. So from what I understand, this is it's a bit it's a bug in the Bitcoin Core code, but it, really the only part of the Bitcoin ecosystem that seems to be affected right now is the Lightning network, the Lightning protocol, and that's where it gets a little bit complicated, right? Mm-hmm. So can you... Yeah, uh, a little bit just to pull it mildly. So maybe, yeah, so maybe you can try a hand at explaining how how can someone exploit this bug on Lightning. Yeah, so for that we need to explain very roughly what an HTLC is. A hash time lock contract. 
And this is when in Lightning, you are sending, or not just in Lightning, it's a general mechanism, but in mm-hmm. Lightning is what we're talking about here, is let's say, well, let's talk about Alice, Bob, and Carol, so it's sure. a bit easy to remember the direction. Let's say Alice is sending one Bitcoin to Carol through Bob. And so these, so Alice has a channel with Bob, and Bob has a channel with Carol. And the way Lightning lets you safely move one Bitcoin from Alice to Carol is by Alice sending it to Bob and by Bob sending it to Carol. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is done atomically. So that means that the way Lightning is designed is um, Alice will only send money to Bob if Bob also sends money to Carol. And otherwise, nothing happens. So this way, you don't end up with a situation where Bob is sending money to Carol, but Alice is not sending money to Bob, because then Bob is very unhappy. Yeah, essentially, Carol creates a secret. I think that's the way it works, right? Carol creates a secret number and then gives the hash to Alice. And Alice sort of tells Bob, uh, if you tell me the secret that refers to this hash, then I'll give you a Bitcoin. And then Bitcoin, Bob can tell, can tell Carol the same thing. Bob also tells Carol, if you can tell me the secret of this hash, then you'll get a Bitcoin. And the way this actually works is that there are transactions cr- created that send coins from Bob to Carol and from Alice to Bob uh, that require this secret. So if, am I saying this right? If, uh, let's say, yeah, you're... if Bob publishes, hang on, who's publishing what? Sure, help me out here. <laughs> Yeah, so it it basically goes back from from Carol to to Alice back. So Carol publishes the secret, then so Bob. Uh, let me do that again. Bob has a transaction that says Carol gets my Bitcoin if she reveals the secret. Right. So what happens then is that Carol reveals the secret and Bob sends the money. Um, yeah. And because the secret is revealed, in this case on the blockchain. Uh, Alice can see the secret, so Alice can now take the money. Um, okay, Alice can now send the money. No, 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 no. Bob sees the secret, and therefore he can claim the money from Alice, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, Alice could also be nice and volunteer the money, but yeah, uh, this is how it works, right? Bob wants the money, so Bob um, sees the secret that Carol published, takes the money from Alice, and uh, Carol is able to take the money from Bob. So this is all good. Exactly. And the thing is, though, um, there's also a condition where there could be a timeout. So if if nobody reveals the secret, well, you don't want those coins to be stuck forever. So basically, if nothing happens, then after a while, Alice can just take the money back. Um, and if nothing happens after a while, Bob can take the money back. Right? That's a fallback mechanism. There's a timeout there. Does that still make sense? All right, so that's what HTLCs are. Now, let's get to this bug. How does this? How can this bug be exploited in the context of HTLCs? Yeah. So what uh, the way you kind of have to understand how it was designed is that if um, Carol is nice and on time, she will reveal the secret on the blockchain, right? Um, sorry, one second. She will, reveal, she will reveal the secret on the blockchain, which is just a transaction, and that transaction confirms, because that's what the blockchain does. Uh, and that mm-hmm. means that the timeout, 
the alternative transaction where she can take the money back, well, that can't go any, anywhere because uh, once the uh, secret is revealed and that transaction is confirmed, the transaction timeout cannot be there. You would need to reorg the blockchain to be able to use it. Does that still make sense? Yeah, in the context of Lightning, it doesn't only matter who's paying who. It also matters that the transaction confirms in time. Because if the transaction doesn't confirm in time, the payer can take the money back through the timeout. So that's why that matters. So if nothing happens on the blockchain, then after 80 blocks, the timeout transaction can be spent. But if before that moment the secret is revealed, then that transaction, then the timeout transaction cannot be spent because, yeah, it would replace the other one. So that's how it works in theory. But the problem is it has to go into the mempool first. And so what Carol can do if she's kind of collaborating with Alice, I think, although I'm not sure about that part, what she can do is she can reveal, she can release the transaction with the secret in it. Uh, but she puts a very, yeah, but she puts a very low fee on it. And now we have a problem because um, this transaction is in the mempool. It is revealing the secret. It is claiming the funds, but it's not getting confirmed. And it can take a long time. In fact, it can take so long that in the meantime, uh, there's a timeout even for Alice. And so Alice will just issue her refund transaction. And so now what happens is Alice got her money back and Carol still hasn't paid. Okay, sure. I think you just explained it the wrong way Yeah, around. that's possible. We're not sure. We just listened to it so, in the... So what, so what, so what, I, what, what happens is Carol publishes the transaction to claim the yeah. funds. And she actually claims the funds. Now the secret is um, revealed to Bob, who can also claim the funds from Alice. But if this transaction is low on the second trans on the second transaction where Bob claims the funds, then it's possible that this transaction won't confirm, and Alice can later reclaim the funds when the timeout has run out, and now Bob is stuck in the middle without any money because the funds has been claimed claimed from him, and he's not actually able to claim any funds back from Alice because Alice basically cancels that transaction. I think that's what happened. That's the that's the exploit, right? I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, let me also say it then one way, right? So Alice basically just claimed the money because she knew the secret, right? Because the secret was revealed. Yep. Uh, and she used the normal fee, so that transaction will confirm. Um. Nope. No, no, no. no. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is really confusing. No, what Alice does is she just um, she can wait, right? She has to take the initiative. So she basically issued the refund to take the money back because there was a timeout. Yeah. yeah, Alice has all the time in the world, basically. Well, Alice is sort of hoping that the transaction won't confirm so she can claim it back. Alice is the way, Alice is ultimately the way, the, the one paying Carol. So if she can claim the funds back, then Bob is screwed if he already paid Carol. I think that's, that's sort of yeah, the problem precisely. here. Yeah. So indeed. They're... they're, they're Sam Wyrdham, Shurfnado listeners, we're sorry for this confusing episode. It doesn't help that we're doing it at a distance. But we're, we're kind of figuring it out ourselves, uh, admittedly, but we're pretty sure this is the problem. Right, Shurf? Yeah, roughly anyway, because whenever you read these mailing lists posts, it always turns out to be a one more step more complicated. But I think this is the basic principle. 
where you know we have a transaction that is in the mempool, but it's not going to confirm on time, and therefore there's another timeout, and this allows people to cheat. And normally, the way to prevent that kind of problem or to to deal with that kind of problem is with RBF. Yes, yeah, so let, let's just let's just get to the heart of the problem here. The problem, indeed, is that usually you're able to RBF your transaction, which is important in the context of Lightning, where we have timeouts type of stuff going on. Yeah. So if all of a sudden you can't use RBF anymore because there's a bug in Bitcoin Core, now it's getting problematic, more problematic than usual, where usually you can just have patience. It just means your transaction is being a bit slower. Now all of a sudden there's a real problem because someone can take your money back if you can't RBF. Right, because normally... That's what, the gist of the problem. Yeah, because what Bob would have wanted to do in this case is um, uh, basically get his refund because he would say he's not actually... You know, he, he can see that Alice is getting the refund, so he should be getting the refund. And he would be able to do that because the refund would just pay a higher fee than the uh, than the other transaction and, and all would be happy. Um, but basically, because of this RBF glitch here um it might not be that easy okay well full disclosure i'm not sure if we explained it right I, i'm sure we explained the bug right i i'm sure we explained the exact the, the ultimate problem right i'm not sure if we explained the hlc order of things right that's um, i think that's correct that we explained it probably wrong if we got it wrong i'm sorry everyone better next time uh, especially if we're live in the same room again um I hope you got something out of it. George, last part of the episode then. Is this something, how worried should we be? How worried should Lightning people be? And is this something fixable? I'm not entirely sure how worried Lightning people should be because this type of attack was already possible even without this bug, but it was more complicated. And at the same time, Lightning has been developing other, um, other solutions around this general problem. So honestly, I don't really know um, but the the best news here is that this bug is fairly easy to fix, or at least you know it it can be fixed because again it's not a consensus rule, so Bitcoin Core could simply ship a fix for it, and then when people upgrade, the fix is there. And this also notes that ignore RBF completely, which means still replace whatever has a higher fee. Yeah, it shouldn't be a controversial fix, of course. Is it already fixed, as far as you know? Uh, as far as I know. I don't think so. Um, I haven't checked in a few days. Uh, somebody wrote a test, a, a functional test for Bitcoin Core to describe the bug. That's always nice because then it's easier to see that it's fixed. Uh, but I don't know how easy or hard it is to fix it. But in principle, like I don't think it would be controversial to fix it. I mean, it would be good for Bitcoin Core to do what the BIP says it should do. Uh, and we know that I think in BTCD, which is another implementation... It is implemented correctly. All right, George, I think this was our worst episode so far. What do you think? I don't think so. Uh, we, we have the pilot episode that we never actually released. Oh, yeah, that's definitely far that's worse. Definitely, that's definitely <laughs> the worst one. Well, this is, the, this is maybe the worst <laughs> one we're actually going to put online. But well, hopefully it's enough for people to dig into this rabbit hole and uh, actually understand it. Better luck next time. All right, then. But I, think that was the, but I think that was the episode for us. Yes. Well, thank you for listening to the Van Weerdem Shores NATO. Uh, sure, so maybe we should uh, compensate with a good pun. Do you have a good pun to compensate this with? No. 
All right, then we'll end without a pun. Sorry about that. All right, until next time. <laughs> there you go.